everybody. Welcome to New Heights 360. Hi. Ooh. I'm John Burns, and I have an awesome guest on today who is going to talk about an amazing technology, Dr. Aaron Wall with the Allergy Relief Center. And I never even knew this stuff existed until I met you at ICAG, a networking organization that we belong to. Yep. And you and I had a one-on-one -on -one at your office, and I thought you were just joshing hmm. with this technology that you verbally right. shared. And then I got into your, your office, and I was like, this is so cool. I mean, it's so advanced. Well, thank you. Yes. So. I don't kid around very often. Right, right. So, so I understand my, that you're a, you're a chiropractor by trade. That's yeah, what you were trained yeah. in? Yeah, so I, I graduated from Logan here in St. Louis uh, Chiropractic College in 2004 and went back to Chicago to work with my parents and uh, their practice and basically became the chiropractor in their wellness center. My dad's an acupuncturist. My mom was a, is is was his uh, patient coordinator, office manager, and I basically kind of put chiropractic into their center. During that process is when they were introduced to this allergy stuff, and it's called advanced allergy therapeutics. Wow! And um, they, my dad, kind of made a unilateral decision to invest and go in that direction, and. As he said, it's probably the best decision he ever made, uh, even though it caused a lot of chaos in his household, because uh, usually when you decide to uh, cash out mutual funds and <laughs> invest in things... I imagine your mom was losing her mind, wasn't right. she? Yeah, people... You want a uh, what? <laughs> people don't... Uh, yeah, when there's another person in that relationship that isn't informed before it happens, right? Uh, that can cause a little, uh, a little friction. Is your dad kind of like that, like... You find out after the fact that he's he's made a decision. Um, I just ask because I've done this often I would in my say, marriage. Um, yeah, that that's doesn't. I mean, it's yeah. I, I don't think something of this magnitude is. Uh, this is kind of like uh, I would say a little bit different. Um, I don't think he does things like that very often. Where it's like, oh, by the way, I'm going to go uh, take a bunch of our money and go start doing this. Oh, by the way, I already did it. <laughs> it's okay, like okay, uh, he came. Maybe home. he's not quite like me then, because I, yeah, I, I, he... I I have a tendency to jump in. You know, I, I I think of an example with my first wife. So yeah, we were driving by Huey's Honda. This is back in the mid '90s, and a new uh, Accord Coupe came out, and it was uh, like a midnight green or something, and it had the alloy wheels and the sunroof, and all she said was, "That's a really beautiful car." Okay. But my little brain, I thought that meant she wanted that, that car. car. Yeah. So I went, spent a week negotiating, and showed up one day, called her on the phone, said, hey, come on outside here. I got a little surprise for you with the car. Well, I can tell you how that went down for not only that day, but for the next five years while I owned that car. Right. I was never uh, forgiven for that. And beat over the head constantly that just because I said I thought it was a cool car right. didn't mean I want you to go out and, and buy it. <laughs> I would not put my dad in that kind of category. I wouldn't put myself, although I do make decisions unilaterally when it comes to just keeping things moving forward. And try, if I come up with an idea, or I'm going to run with it. Um, so are you kind of like the maybe the little more of the push behind your allergy business? So or? I am the director of marketing there. Director of marketing. So that's okay. my official title. I also treat part-time. So my my parents are there three days a week, and I'm there two days a week treating. 
And then I spend the other rest of my time going out and marketing. And uh, that is going to like networking events, doing stuff on social media, um, setting up things in the um, um, uh, like blog posts. Get, we have like a lot of different things that we that we do for marketing, um, setting up events to go and ha- like health fair events. Uh, those are that's primarily my job beyond the part-time treating and so I put together a marketing plan they approved it and I've just been working it and uh, you know we've had a lot of growth in the last year and we're doing well and um, people are getting better so if you're listening check out our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash St. Louis allergy relief so that's st lewis allergy relief what you can see is we post like whenever we get a new um a new testimonial and we try to do as many video testimonials as we can so people can actually like see like these are real people getting real results we're not just making this up and you know if you check out our google reviews we have i think all five star reviews and um and we're building those and you know it's um the results for most people are pretty amazing considering what the technology is and it's brand new i mean we are introducing it to the st louis market and we're the closest people within six hours that you can have this done and you know we have people drive hours to come see us and they'll come on like a spend a you know a few days here to get a bunch of treatments and then go back home and do it again because you know we're the only people that are really offering this technology in this area and or within a a very you know, reasonable driving distance. So have you always been kind of at a basis of more of a non, like, medication-based healing? Because I understand chiropractics is very much yeah. moved in that direction as far as... Yeah, chiropractic is the America's uh, born uh, natural health care provider. It was started in Davenport, Iowa. It's uh, the only major physician in America that's that's recognized as a physician in every state a uh, that was that's you know from here and doesn't prescribe any drugs any medications it's all about you know getting you healthy hol- holistically and without without drugs so this allergy system that you have kind of takes things to a whole new level yeah the allergy system is like it's a whole new ball game i mean it really is this thing that takes technology that I didn't even realize existed before learning about this and going through the training and getting certified and starting to work with my parents, that there are researchers in all over the world that they digitize their information and like with the and they have figured out someone a lot smarter than you or I figured out that everything has a frequency or vibrates in a way that like emits like a wavelength. So if I'm, a, if I'm allergic to peanuts, yeah. do you guys have, like, a file for Yeah, it? so we have a computer file, not just for peanuts, but all the things that are in the peanut. So, like, the protein, the sugar, the fats, the oils, the a- amino acids. The- What's peanut allergies about, anyway? Because I, it's mm-hmm. like, when I was growing up, I don't remember any of these allergies. Yeah. But now it's like, my kids can't take this, they can't take that. If it's your yeah. birthday, you can bring pencils. I mean, that's a complex answer. That's a complex and answer. And I'm, just... I'm going to give you my theory. Okay. And I'm sure at some point someone will hear this and write a blog post 
shaming me for saying things like this, <laughs> and I might be attacked by someone because they might be go, waiting outside your office. Eh, they, eh, they're probably watching me in my office uh, because it goes against what's generally accepted in medicine, and that is that like we are um, we we react to our environment. And when we are under stress, our body goes into this fight-or-flight mode. Sure. And so we have more stress today, but we also have other things today that we didn't have when, like, you and I were really kids, like GMO products are new to to the human race within the last 20 years. Like, there's just more— Do you think there's a lot of it's food additives? So— there's more chemicals in our food supply, more uh, chemicals in our air supply, in our water supply. We have these things that we start to inject in our in our bodies from the moment we're born, and now we do. Uh, the schedule is. Uh, you, uh, I think right now it's 126 of them by the time you're 18, whereas it was like 12 or 13 when we were kids. Oh wow! Uh, so. When you talk about that kind of added stress on the body, and this is where I might get attacked. Some people are like, oh, that doesn't harm you. Well, there's these things within those shots. They're called adjuvants. And if you look up what an adjuvant is, it ca- it's causes a hyper reaction. So they can use yes, less of a virus and get a hyper, hyper immune reaction to it. Well, it's not like our, our immune system isn't as specific as we'd like to think it is. And so you're, what there are some theories out there is that those shots are actually increasing our um, immune response to normal things. So then we set up this thing that we are now calling allergies or sensitivities. Uh, where so you're saying me eating dirt as a kid probably was good? Because I'm, 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 I'm relatively. I mean, uh, you could still get your germs without eating dirt. Well, we didn't have we didn't have all right. the hand cleaners, yeah, uh, yeah. antibacterial stuff. Yeah. So I would say that is probably less of an effect on the the allergies and more of an effect on your body's uh, strength of the immune system versus us. Like when we were kids, we were like, you know, yeah, we didn't have the antibacterial cleansers and we just rolled around in the germs and our bodies adapted to them and fought them off and our immune system got stronger. Well, I was a poor white kid too. so Allergies. Yeah. <laughs> Even if it was out, yeah. <laughs> we, we wouldn't have had it. Yeah. So allergies are a little bit different. What they are, they're like a hyper immune reaction to uh, normal things. So, like, your peanut, the peanuts that uh, people are reacting to, you shouldn't react to those. Your body should uh, digest it, use what it needs, and get rid of the waste in the ways that we know how. And so what allergies are is your body, for whatever reason, has set up this hyperimmune reaction to a normal thing. So it could be an allergy, which in the medical community is very specific as an, what's called an immunoglobulin E reaction. Or a sensitivity, which in the medical world is this IgA, immunoglobulin A, or IgG reaction. Uh, And then in our world, we look at anything that's going to cause an abnormal reaction, whether you can see it on a blood test or not. And we use muscle response testing in our office to determine if there's just something, if it's not reacting well with you. We actually... And I, so break care, it down. I I, care about you. I I, 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 want to pretend that I come in and I I say, Dr. Wall... So I'm I'm having a bad reaction to peanuts. I yeah. get a rash every time I eat peanuts at the Cardinals game. Right. 
So just kind of walk me peanuts. through. Stop well, yeah. eating peanuts. Yeah, well, I love yeah. peanuts at the car. But anyway, uh, but but break it down. Like so, when I come in, I've, I've so, kind of identified what. So what we do first is I know you have one thing identified as a causing agent, and we can start with that if that's the only thing a person wants treated. But what we found is most symptoms are not just because of one thing. It's just maybe one thing causes more of a reaction, but they're also reacting to other things. So oh, we, so you can have other things that you're actually... Yeah, so you oh, can wow. also have a reaction to almonds that may not give you a rash, but have some kind of similar component as peanuts that we have to address. Because we can take care of the peanuts, but that may not take care of the reaction if you're also having a lower level of reaction to other things. So... You come into our office, we do our check, we have about 300 things we check on everybody. And this is to get, helps us build like a picture for them, saying, hey, these are all the things you are reacting to. And then we start with what's their biggest complaint. So you say, peanuts are my biggest complaint. Like, all right, well, we're gonna start in the food section and we're gonna start with all these like precursor components. So like amino acids, sugars, vitamins, things that are gonna be common in peanuts as well as all foods. And very rarely do we have someone come in and say, hey, I'm only allergic to peanuts and it's the only thing I want treated. Ah. It's like, hey, I'm having reactions. Peanuts the most severe thing that I notice, but I notice it other times and I can't figure out what it is. That's so they could be eating other foods with some of those components and you yeah. guys kind of target in. Yeah, and so we can figure out what what those foods are. So we look at food groups initially, and then we start breaking down those food groups. So we're not going to look on your first visit at every tree nut or every legume or sure. every bean. We're going to look at the group, and we can test it as a group and say, hey, are you reacting to anything in this group? And so explain explain the testing as far as the reaction, because you, you yeah. kind of ran me through an example. Yeah, so the testing, it's really uh, simple yet high tech. So we basically have a computer that has all these files on it, and we are at about 300,000 plus files. And they're we, frequencies. Yeah, and what they are is they are the allergens or frequencies of the allergens. But your body, once you put that, that wavelength or that frequency with it and since you can't, if you're just listening to this, it looks like a blood pressure cuff that has a wire attached to a computer. That's going to give you a, a mental picture of, of what it looks like. And that cuff has a little box on it that transmits, that takes that computer file and whatever that frequency is, then transmits that frequency into the body. Kind of tricks the body. Yeah, well, it's not tricking the body. It's just mimicking the or allergen. Or mimicking. Yeah, yeah, I guess mimicking's better. Yeah, it, better. It's mimicking the allergen. And then what we can do is we do muscle response testing, which has been around for decades, where we introduce something and we see, does it? Are, we find a strong muscle, and we say, all right, does, do you stay strong or do you go weak? And if you go weak, we know there's some kind of abnormal reaction to that. What is that abnormal reaction? We have no idea at this point. We just know, like, there's something in there, in that section or that thing. So if it's peanuts, we know there's something in peanuts. Regardless of what you're at, you, you feel, we know there's something in there. Be the reason why that's important is there are people, most of the people that come to say, hey, I know I react to peanuts, but I'm also reacting to something else, and I don't know what it is. So we can actually start to identify what those things are, and we can even prioritize them using the system. And then we just go through them one at a time. And sometimes we can get, uh, you know, more than one item in there, meaning like we can do peanuts with something else. And other times it's just like peanuts is typically a standalone treatment because there's just we there's been so much research on peanuts because it's such a big allergy here 
that there's a lot of signals. So the more research that there's been on a pro on something, the more signals that are going to be available for the uh, for us to get and add to our system. So have you actually had any experience with having someone come in with a peanut allergy and you guys were able to alleviate them? Oh yeah. Yeah. We have. And we So once you I've, once you've identified Yeah, once we've identified it what we found in our office is an by now the the organization Advanced Allergy Therapeutics is as uh, an organization sure. we uh, have the license to utilize their technology in the St. Louis area. Right. So that's how And they provide all the training and Yeah, they and, provide the training, the technology. We I mean, we pay for it all. I mean, but yes. Well, they, they well I know it's it. not free. Yeah, there's yeah. nothing free in this yeah, world. There's nothing free. Um, but what's um Oh, where was I going with this? Uh, what was the question? An example of someone that uh, that do you have anyone in specific that that came in with a pe severe peanut oh, allergy? Sure, sure. So what we found is I know you can't use names, Nat, but so just the company. Oh yeah, we've had plenty of people that come in with peanut allergies. With uh, I mean, food allergies is uh, if not. The largest thing we do, the second largest, because I would say your chronic sinus stuff, but so many of your chronic sinus things come back to foods. So, really? So yeah. like if someone's got, got a snotty nose, yeah, more so, times than not, it's some type of allergy and not... So it's like an allergy or a sensitivity. And once we get through, and like what we find is we can get through like the environmental things. So if it's all year round, we get through the environmental things. If it's seasonal, we get through the seasonal stuff. And if there's still some residual chronic sinus stuff, well, then we move into the foods because that's the second most common thing to cause sinus issues outside of what you're breathing in. I'm sorry. This technology just blows yeah. me away because St. Louis is kind of kind of feel like we're in the Stone Ages sometimes. Uh, with we, Not just Stone Age. We are like the hotbed for allergies. There's, oh, this gosh. is one of the worst yeah. places in the world for allergies. Yes. And I have my opinions on that as well, which I won't go into. I'm probably going to get yelled at enough for, for what I said about why I think allergies are coming Um are so bad now. But let's go back to the what we were talking about before, and that is uh, people getting better. And what we found, so the company claims an 85% success rate. I mean, 85% of the people that come in, if we have the signals, sure, they're going to get better. My parents, over they, they did this in Chicago for over 10 years. Now we're doing it here. They said that they're more at a 90% success rate and that they have their opinions on why the other 10% don't. Um, and we have, you know, we see if somebody doesn't get better, it's not that they didn't get, see any relief. It's just they didn't get complete resolution. Uh, but I would say that that 90% seems fair and that 90% of the people will see some level of relief. And most of those people, it will go away just about completely. So, and they don't have to take any medicine. No medicine. They don't have to keep coming back. They they can come back for like checkups. Sure. Like because things can get re-stimulated. So uh, there's no such thing as curing allergies. You know, they're because of how the body works and it's a reaction to stress. You know, your body can set up a new allergy in the future or a new sensitivity. Uh, so your your machine. You know, I, I kind of saw as I guess your dad was treating someone. Was on the spine. Yeah. So. So how does how does it work? So with the, there's a couple of theories in there, and this is I'm going to give you mine because I'm coming from a chiropractic background, so sure. a very strong uh, neurological background. That's uh, you know, I, mean, I think ah, I can't even think of the number of hours that we spent in some level of neurology, uh, whether it's neuroanatomy, neurology, neurophysiology, but some of like we spent a lot of time learning about that. 
for, for, for good reason. Absolutely. I mean, that's what we're dealing with yeah. as a chiropractor. So what I think is happening, and this is where you we just lack the technology to prove it, is we are stimulating the sympathetic nervous system. So I don't know if you're familiar with sympathetic versus parasympathetic. Uh, these are your what's called your autonomic nervous system. And when you get like really stressed out, your sympathetic nervous system gets engaged. Oh wow! It's what okay. like it's called your fight or flight, and it's evolutionary. When we had to either fight something or run away from it, this is what got engaged, and this is what would like take blood from like your digestive system, put it in your muscles, so you can run away or fight something. And then what should happen is we go into this sympath- uh, parasympathetic phase where we rest, and the body goes in through its healing process. Well, we are in an unprecedented state of chronic stress in this country. Like probably more stress and stressful influences than in the history of mankind where we are not allowing our bodies to heal like they're supposed to. So we start to see things happen because of that. And one of the things that we're seeing is people are developing these allergies and sensitivities due to that stress or that's the theory of allergies. So kind of their immune system's not... Perf- so they get stressed out. Their immune system says, hey, we need to fight something because we're being stressed out. And it starts to say, oh, well, this might be playing a factor. And it, and it tags it. And then it, uh, then that part of the immune system attacks it every time it's there. So if it happens to be yourself, you then can develop a, some kind of autoimmune issue. If it happens to be like pollen you're breathing in, suddenly you can start attacking that pollen every time you breathe it in. Or if it's something you're eating... Suddenly your body's like, oh, well, this must be the problem, and it'll attack it every time you eat that thing. So do you kind of feel like pharmaceutical companies are controlling the narrative of health and welfare now of people? Hmm. And only, you know, the I, only reason I bring that know, up is because I, I see I, about 20 are, commercials. We are a pharmaco, pharmaceutically driven healthcare system. No, I um, yeah, I get that. So but. we are, the, the American model for healthcare is... A pill. Is symptomatic based care, and it's and what they've convinced the public that all symptoms are bad and that a pill is good and that's your solution for it. That's the pharmaceutical model, and they make more money than um, really any business in the history of mankind is the pharmaceutical industry, the most profitable organizations ever and they've done it successfully and um would you say that's why like technology like this is i wouldn't say pushed down but it's definitely not encouraged or promoted where it's so different it's so outside of the problem you run into is when it becomes outside of that that model yeah is you have like there's a there was an expose done by cnn on this 20 years ago sure and in there the medical doctor's like oh this is either this lady this is a quackery this is uh, placebo. You know your typical attacks of anything that might go against what a medical, the medical profession might uh, recommend, uh, becomes like uh, well, heresy. What is it? Heresy? Yeah. Heresy? Yeah. Heresy. Uh, cult. You know, it could be we could it could be called cultish. It could be called, you know. There's lots of uh, keywords that they use to attack things that um, you know might. Not uh, might prevent you from going into that model of care. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, they kind of feel that way about chiropractics in general, though. Yeah, that's that's their own bed that they made. Well, and the thing that's interesting, though. So, so that's I've been around it for years. Obviously, I've went to chiropractors to get my back fixed, my arms fixed. You know, uh, I had a 
torsal tunnel in my ankles real bad when I was doing roofing all the time. And, you know, but I remember when I went to Laura Laurie, because that was a, not Laura Laurie, but Laura, uh, she's a chiropractor up in Kirkwood. She said, uh, I had went to a podiatrist mm-hmm. and he wanted to do surgery. And it's like, I just met you. She says, don't, don't go any further with all that. She said, come see me. Right. And she did treatments for about two months. And to this day, I'm good. Yeah. Like, just another example of kind of what you guys are always yeah. promoting, that your body can heal itself. Yeah, that's how it's designed. With the right care. And now I think of another friend of mine, which I don't know that you guys connect at Mallory, but I had I had tried to connect you guys mm-hmm. because she was having issues with food and, you know, not agreeing with her. And she's seeing somebody up in High Ridge that's been very effective. Good through chiropractic treatments on getting things right with her her yeah. body and her gut health and yeah. just stuff you don't think about. It's like, yeah. you know, most people attach chiropractics to going and getting your back adjusted. Right. But now it's starting to evolve publicly yeah. that there's so much yeah. more to it. Yeah, so fast forward to the 80s, uh, the um, what was the precursor to the AMA, they were found guilty uh, in an appellate court of trying to contain and eliminate the chiropractic profession by spreading propaganda and spreading, putting in false uh, information that was dis- dispersed through medical schools. That, that's what medical doctors were taught about chiropractors being like quacks and danger to society and we could kill people, which are uh, have been proven to be not true uh, over and over again. And... Um, and the what what resulted from that was, and this is you can all look this up if you want to Google Wilkes trials. Um, it's quite an eye opener if you're not aware of it. And the fact that uh, people aren't aware of it either means the chiropractic profession didn't do a good job of educating the public, saying, "Hey, look at this propaganda that was spread about us." So these things that you think you know about chiropractic was really a calculated campaign against us. Oh yeah, yeah, it was quite crazy. But Wilkes, W I L K E S. Well, Wilkes you know the industry, the, the the other industry that I'm involved with, is under a similar attack currently, and it's funded by big pharma. Yeah, and it's just very interesting how yeah. how how much power they have on so yeah, many different we, levels. There's definitely a lot. They uh, they spend a lot of money um, getting what they want done, and. Um, you know, we to stay away from this becoming a political talk. Oh and, no, 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 uh, no, no! I I'm just gonna, uh, I'm gonna not go down that rabbit hole because I could I could keep talking. Oh, about absolutely, that. absolutely. Um, I have, uh, you know, uh, to me it's corruption, it's uh, greed at its finest. Oh, absolutely. Um, <laughs> and it's disappointing that uh, that that is how things can be done, and are done generally. Um, well, especially like from your perspective because you're trying to help people in the most natural of yeah. ways yeah so not, yeah helping people without drugs without surgeries without like major side effects yeah. has like you know gets people to like put on their spectacles and say mm, let me see the research in this like well how about look at our results well, and, and the and thing is, too, drugs, that, you know, any drug, and, and that's, like, that, I just love their disclaimers, you know, they, all, all the other things yeah. that this is going to cause, right. 
you know, which it's like, okay, so I've got my blood pressure under control. However, it's going to cause issues with my liver. and Sure, yeah. sure. So they've taken, uh, they basically convinced the public that lifestyle diseases can be solved with a pill, and they aren't. And what you're right. seeing is, and you'll see it more and more, is you're seeing that the people who start taking those early is, it's not like, it. part of the problem is now there's side effects of those drugs, but the other part is they haven't corrected that underlying cause or the underlying problem, and it's not just genetics. It's just say, oh, it's just genetics and you're stuck like this, is not true. And the public and anybody that teaches that really needs to readdress or maybe go back to learning things about like epigenetics and how genes express themselves. I mean, I think that would be a good place for those people to start because uh, there's really smart people out there doing really good research on why these diseases be show up in like families and some people get it and some people don't and they have the same genetic profiles. Well, you, you often like, hear people talk about like, especially like in my profession that I'm in with coaching and that, yeah. people are very energy-based. Yeah. And you're kind of backing that up with not only your treatment. When you say energy-based, you mean like we are just energetic beings? or No, like... we actually have electricity and energy running through our bodies. Yeah. And we're, yeah. we're actually a very complex system. <laughs> yeah. And getting back to what you yeah. said, all these pills just hide whatever that... Well, they don't just hide it. They, ma I mean, yeah, they mask it, but they also physiologically change the body. And when you start doing that, you change one thing that doesn't just alter that one thing. So when you take that pill, you know, what you are doing... So, like, we'll use... I'll use pain pills as an example. Sure. I think that's a pretty good, safe thing to talk about. Yeah. Where I won't I stay away my, from them. I mean, I'm not going to yeah. lie. I've had them once or twice. They are sure. very good, and I could see, right. see so how like people get on That's a great example of... It's something that either, in most cases, it works to block recept certain receptors in the body. Right, or, so you don't feel pain. So you don't feel the pain, but that's not like it's like specific to where your pain is. It's affecting that, and that <laughs> Your whole body feels good when you're on those. Right, and that effect, <laughs> that change, then changes something else. And if you continue to do that, what they see is that causes you know, the body to break down over time. And you add to that that you never really corrected the reason why you had the pain in the first place. So this problem there continues to get worse. So you start to have two things essentially occurring. Your issue that's there that your body is trying to communicate with you with pain, because pain is just a communication of the body. It's not good or bad. It's just there to say, hey, this happened or this is going on. And you probably should either not do that again or you need to make a change because if you don't, this is going to continue to get worse. And so people don't make their changes. They just pop their pills or ignore it, just say it's not that bad, and that underlying condition continues to get worse and worse and worse. And why that's so bad is, you know, if we're talking about spine issues, if it's a spine pain, well, what does the spine just happen to surround? You want to guess? The nervous system. So your body, your brain, your communicates with the rest of the body with this channel of cords that just happen to travel through your spine. And if you're so not if you're not addressing it, you're the just the spine's breaking down, it's a going to affect how that nervous system can function. And that is basic physiology right here. Like that's how the body works. And then you add on top of that like you're adding insult to injury by taking the medication because now you're actually changing chemically the physiology of the body. 
which then has side effects. Well, it can compound the issue. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, and add other exactly. issues. Yeah, exactly. So just switching, switching gears yeah. a little bit here. Tell us a really funny story in your time in chiropractors. You got to have you, you you got to have at least one. So even if it happened at school, but I'm I'm, I'm just always curious so when someone's. I'll at tell a, a funny, the embarrassing story about myself. Okay. I think it's always the best thing. Oh yeah, and it's like, and uh, I guess I'm putting this out there. Um, someone once uh, came up to me, is like, hey, I was just this girl was talking about how like someone in class was like so like when you're in school there's certain classes where you wear gowns and underwear like you're basically become the patient and you're working on each other gotcha and she's like oh there's someone in class where like their junk was hanging out <laughs> and i'm like oh I'm like, that must have been embarrassing and then another friend of mine comes up to me is like hey did you hear and i'm like what he's like your junk was hanging out in class today <laughs> and i was like Oh, I'm no, like, n- nobody forgot you, though, did they? Uh, nobody uh, forgot you at school. You no, know, they definitely didn't forget that day. But I thought it was really funny because this girl is like telling me the story and it's me. But she forgot to mention that it was me. Now, did she know it was you? Yeah, she knew it was me. We're a class. That's, like like, that, that's like a dirty trick, though. Like she was like, maybe she's just seeing how I react. I'm like, oh. now, had you taken some pain pills prior? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, Frat not. party? I don't know. Yeah, no, it's just like a class. So I thought that was a really funny story of like how I exposed myself to class without knowing it. And someone was trying to tell me, but got, I guess, afraid to tell me. Sure. It was like, yeah. So you also have uh, another venture you're working on. Did you want to share a little bit about that? Yeah, because yeah. This is... we are. Uh, I am with a a, a partnership, uh, a group, uh, one person locally and their cousin in uh, in Colorado, who their cousin in Colorado had the second and third um, uh, medical marijuana licenses to grow and dispense. Oh, nice. And uh, so I got introduced to them uh, when I was started looking into whether or not this is something that made sense for me to get involved sure. with. And we decided that uh, well, they liked my, you know, my business background and my natural health care background and just my philosophy on, on just how valuable uh, marijuana can be and helping people get away from these really heavy narcotics, really heavy opioids. Amongst the really, I mean, there's a lot of research out there that people can start looking into if they really need to uh, of the benefits of this. And what we'll start seeing is uh, this will, if in the next, I think, five to ten years, will be reclassified to a substance with medicinal uh, value. So, well, pro- you know, big farmers going to fight that for a long time. Though. Sure, sure. But prohibition is coming to the end. Uh, in this country, you know, it started in the 30s and it'll end in, in the 2020s at some point. But uh, here in Missouri, we've been approved for medical uh, marijuana and uh, starting in 2020. And so I we got together and we we have our uh, application for cultivation and uh, dispensary license uh, to basically do replicate what they're doing in Denver, which is a kind of like a, a boutique experience, not one of these like really like 30,000 square foot commercial grows or trying to grow as much as you can. Um, it's more of think of it like of a, a smaller 15,000 square foot craft. Uh, kind of like uh, your like, craft beer place. Kind of like your craft beer, but this is like the, what he's known for. This uh, The other owner the, in Colorado, he's known for growing uh, some of the best stuff there where uh, people, um, I mean, he's been open for 10 years. They've expanded three times. Uh, they, you know, they have a product that is very good that people appreciate, and um, and we're just going to try to replicate it and do the same thing here, 
uh, for St. Louis is provide something that's the best that you can get in the market at affordable prices, and you're going to get this patient-centered care, which is where what they liked about me is we're going to be making this experience when you go in not like a recreational experience, but more of like a medicinal, a, a medicinal physician-based, patient-centered type experience where you go there, we're going to find out what's going on with you. We're going to uh, figure out a, a what what strains we think are best for you at that time, and then figure out how do you want to consume it and give you... Um, give you that product in the way that you feel most comfortable consuming it. Because what people don't realize, and maybe uh, uh, maybe more people do than I, than I realize, but uh, uh, that there's lots of different ways that you can consume uh, uh, medicinal marijuana. There's, uh, you can put it topically. You can take pills. You can smoke it. You can vape it. I mean, there's... you, you Lots of food. I know Colorado, food, they have like whole restaurants that are... Yeah, there's, uh, there's lots of... Um, there's lots of ways to consume it. Which and a restaurant so, would be great when you think about it. Because well, you got to get to recreation. You, 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 you get the munchies, so you're going to keep ordering more food. Take, it's like it's like a train ride you're never going to get off yeah. of. <laughs> it depends on the strain. So I'm the, just thinking of high like, school. Yeah, I'm sorry. So you're thinking of high school. So that strain that you had in high school was one that was uh, that produced uh, that hunger feeling so really so they actually have strains that don't yeah, there's strains that don't make you hungry there's strains that don't put you to sleep there's strains that put you to sleep there's strains that um that are more effective with pain there's strains for that are more effective with neurological disorders ah. there's strains that are like for cancer patients uh they have strains that have been um developed that are that are have been basically hybridized for pain and hunger so they help them with their pain help, and then basically make them hungry so that while they're going through their, their treatment, they actually have an appetite and can keep weight on. Yeah. That's really exciting. Yeah, which is uh, pretty cool stuff. So getting close to wrapping up here, what insights or nuggets could you share with people that are just getting into business or considering starting a business? Some of, some of the steps that you've taken because you've obviously been successful with so, what you've done. So I've been employed. I've started several businesses. I've failed several businesses. Sure. Well, we all have. Uh, Anybody I've that's been, an entrepreneur has. I've been successful um, with several businesses, and I've had like just like, all right, it paid for itself, but that was it. Yeah. And um, the biggest thing that I think, uh, the biggest nugget is follow through. Uh, I see people... Giving up before they're just stopping. They're they are when you're in business, you're gonna hear more no's than yeses. Absolutely. And especially and if you're in sales, it's gonna be even more no's than yeses. And so that 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 a lot of people have an issue with that. And so like they stop doing their plan. And so don't stop. Like get your plan together, figure out what it is, and if you don't know if you can't figure out a plan, like uh, uh, if you can't write out a plan on that business, it may not be the right business for you. Or you may need help from someone like John Burns here who can help you figure out how to get that plan together and implement it. But once you have that together, it's on you to make it happen. And if you stop at any point, you're gonna be start. You're gonna be going backwards. So persistence. Persistence. Is, follow is, through is a word. A, a word that comes to mind for me yeah. because I know that this uh, new venture that you're working on, you have put a lot of time and energy into this. Yeah, it's um, 
just getting to the point where we're now at submitting for the application, I can tell you there are so many times where I did not think that was going to happen. Just getting to the point, and this is not, this is just the beginning. But your persistence. But I did not give up. Right. And I've changed. I mean, our plan has changed several times. I've had people stab me in the back through this process. Okay. I've had people tell me things right to my face, like, hey, we're going to do this with you and then not do and then not do it. I've had people make promises to me and then take my money and not follow through on those promises. Oh, wow. Uh, this has been um, this is one of the hardest things I've done up to this point. And I'll be, you know, just getting to this point where it, there are no guarantees. Like, I, you know, as I say this, I don't know if I'm going to get approved, but I'm very proud of what I've done up to this point to get us to this point. And I think we've checked enough boxes and we've, we have the right experience yeah. behind this plan to make it successful and to get approved for the licenses. So, so when, you, uh, when you get an idea for, yeah. let's just say this, yeah. what does that look like? For you, when I get an idea. So before you even started any of this with so, this new venture, I, I just so I'll just talk curious about this specifically. Yeah, I'm just curious um, because I'll talk about this specifically because I think it's important. Like I understood what I'm, what I know how to do. I understood I can. I've been in retail and management positions before I went into before I went into chiropractic, and then I've run offices, you know, large offices and small offices. But where I've managed, you know, 13, 14 employees at a time and then where it's just been me. And so I understand the nuances of like running a an office like that and a retail retail location. I look at this and I looked at this as like the dispensary concept as like bringing those all those experiences together into one thing. And I'm like, all right, that I understand. I'm like, what don't I understand? And what do I know that I have no idea how to accomplish this? And that's where I started, is trying to find people to fill in those parts of what I didn't know how to do. And that's, and it all started for me finding the person that was going to help us do our application and make sure we have all of our compliance down. Because um, I realized that the first thing we got to get through is getting licensed and staying in compliance yes. all the time. And this is a highly regulated industry. And they're going to be on it. And so then I, so I found that person. And I'm like, all right, now I need to find somebody that, that knows how to grow this. And that's how I got introduced to these cousins. And then I'm like, all right. Now, and then it just kind of all came together from there. And um, Did you know that th this reminds me of uh, Think and Grow Rich, where yeah. he talks about Henry, Henry, Henry Ford was uh, – pulled before uh, Congress in regards to um, monopolizing or mm -hmm. so, something on those lines. Right. And uh, he was not a highly educated man. In fact, uh, if I remember correctly, I think he only made it to the third grade or something like that, right. but not a highly educated person. But aside from that, they were asking him about, well, how do you do this, and how do you know that? And he said, I have all these buttons on my desk that are connected to a person that will answer immediately that knows exactly the answer and how to do something. And that just reminded me of that, that story in that book yeah. about you weren't trying to figure this all out by yourself. Right. You're reaching out to other people to, yeah. to mentor and uh, – 
kind of show you the way. No, just make it happen. Right. You know, we have, it, it kind of, I'm going to bring us back to what your original question was. There's two things that I, I think you should, uh, you should take from me um, outside of everything else I've said is one, be yourself. Okay. Uh, every, not everybody's going to like you. So if you be yourself, and as long as you're not a jerk or dishonest. By the way, Aaron has the best handshake. Can I, can I, can I show him the handshake? What's the, oh, what do I do? Do, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. do I do this a lot? Yeah, when you, when, when you always do that at networking, it's all I can do to not just bust out laughing. Really? Because it's just, it's just humor. Humorous to me, but I guess you got to somewhat have a brain on your head to, to. I mean, I don't, I, it's just how I shake hands, I guess. Yeah. I, I always feel like there should, like, I don't know. So, yeah. I didn't realize that. My bad. I thing. thought you were doing it out of humor. Shaking people's hands? No, no, no. It's the way you shake hands. Like going like that? Yes. No, I don't do it to amuse people. That's just how I shake people's okay, hands. Well, I'm gonna keep it. I'm gonna keep it in a humor box. All right. So, but I just be yourself. Like, you are. I think most people are good. They just want to be successful. Right. Um, and then they start like trying to put on this image that they think other people that they think other people expect of them. So like this was like huge for me when I first started in practice. I I was 20 barely I just turned 25 when I graduated from Logan. So as a doctor, 25 years old, and I'm gonna tell you when I shave this beard, I have a baby face. And people didn't take you serious? Yeah, I got asked a lot. Uh, how old are you? Are you old enough to be a doctor? And it like it affected me. So I grew a beard and I started changing the way I dress and I didn't dress how I felt comfortable. And it really affected me in the beginning. And then when I started just being myself and just wearing what I wanted to wear, being who I wanted to be, letting my hair grow out, cutting it, shaving when I wanted to, and just being this like the, this guy who I know I am and comfortable with that person, well, things started to change. So just be yourself, whatever that is. Excuse me, whatever that is. So if that is you're, you feel most comfortable in that like really expensive suit, well then get your expensive suits. Right. If that's not comfortable for you, if that's not you, then figure out what you is. And I've seen people who are very successful that wear flip flop shorts and a t-shirt. And I've seen people who are very successful in those thousand dollar, two thousand dollar suits. And I've seen the opposite. Yes. Also situations. Yes. Where that wasn't really them. That's just who they thought they were or who they thought people perceived them as. So they just kind of became their persona or what they thought they needed to look like. Yeah. I look at some of the clothes I wore back in the eighties and nineties and it's well, like, it was the eighties. Yeah. Well, I mean, we were laughing about this the other night, uh, and went 90s. through the, uh, Miami vice era and, uh, you know, went through yes. the breakdance era yes. and let's Quality see Quality. George Michael era. I even got the leather jacket and the, right. the, the Ray bands and, Kept the five o'clock shadow and wore the leather jacket with the collar up. And then um, 90s, I went through a grunge era. I can tell you that uh, what I'm wearing right now is probably the most uh, hip uh, outfit I own. And that's just because the, the cuffs on my pants are rolled out. <laughs> I got to wear ten, nice tennis shoes. We like, got to get Aaron to lighten up a little bit. Yeah. You know, hopefully when this yeah, uh, medical like, marijuana comes out, he'll be a little uh, more lightened probably up. Probably will be dressed exactly the same. Um, actually, yeah. 
We have a... So how does it work with your medical license? I'm just curious as far as not um, so much so, is selling it, but... So only medical doctors and DOs, MDs and DOs, can give person, give fill out the physician's uh, certification form for a patient. And so they have to approve it. And there's actually, we're going to, we'll see a lot more, but I think there's already five locations open right now that just focus on that. But, but my, my thing is, is like, does it affect your license at all by owning? Okay. So that they've got that resolved. Yeah. Anybody can own it. Okay. It's like owning, uh, I I mean, and it's for, it would be, I guess, similar to owning, um, a medicinal bar. <laughs> oh, okay. Think of it like that, like owning a medicinal bar. Where sure. It's not like it's not run like a pharmacy. It's regulated, like compliance-wise, you it's regulated like a pharmacy. But the people who can, but you don't like there's you don't have to have like a degree to own one to run one. Ah. Uh, they are, um, yeah. It's not so I can I could theoretically keep practicing and have this, but I'm taking on leadership roles in this organization. So I won't have. Well, it sounds like they're kind of relying on your business background for that part of it. And and you're also very well connected in St. Louis. I'm I'm taking on the marketing manager position. Oh, absolutely. Uh, That would be one of my major roles. And then uh, part then helping out in the dispensary as needed. Uh, Really just making sure operations are happening. Uh, You know, one of the things that I've been is like kind of that leader right now saying, hey, we need this done. This is the information we need now. Uh, just managing everybody involved in the process. Sure. And so that will just continue on where, like, we're not going to have, like, CEOs and CFOs, and it's really... More team-based. Yeah, so, like, I'm, like, the director of operations. Okay. So I'm just, uh, and then my I'll have direct contact with, like, but I'm also the marketing manager, so I'll have direct contact with a marketing employee, but I'm also keeping track of the director of cultivation and the dispensary managers and saying, hey, you know, when we... Are we doing what we need to? Are our goals being hit? Here's these are our these are what we're supposed to be doing. How are we doing? Now, uh, do you have a name for your? I do. What, what's your name? It's called the People's Green. The People's Green. Yeah, putting community first. Do you have a website yet? Uh, we do not. You do not. Okay. Yeah, we don't. But it will be uh, thepeoplesgreen.com. So easy to remember. Yeah, the People's, people's Green. Green. Okay. Um, yeah, when I. One of my driving forces when I started decided to do that was I wanted to make sure that at least one company was not in it just for the money. You know, I get it. This is a like a new industry and being a part of an emergence. This is like, like you really like this is a once in a lifetime opportunity. Sure. To be a part of something when it's at the beginning. Absolutely. Like, this is like I was just talking to someone today, a possible investor, and they, I said, hey. Uh, this is like being at the beginning of the end of prohibition for alcohol. Absolutely. Like that's where we're at with this. And I was like, there are a lot of people that are getting into this, and their only objective is how to make the most money as possible. And I don't agree with that mindset. That's not why I do what I do. And so when I started formulating the concept for this company, it was how we can we do the most good for, our, for the community, um, how can we pay people so that they can w- just work for us and not have to have a second job? So, like, our minimum paid position is better than most starting salaries in other places. Wow. So, it's, um, we, you know, my belief is that this should be 
something that has such a positive change on the community that it, we want to be role models for other people in this industry. Like that's, it's not just about money. The money's going to come. Like that's something like I've realized that if you focus on the money, there's some people that can just be like money driven um, and that's okay with them. That doesn't make me happy. I've done that before. Yeah, me too. Um, <laughs> I am driven by seeing other people succeed around me. I'm driven by being able to spend time with my family. I'm driven by seeing positive change in the community. Absolutely. So those are like really the big things that drive me and why like I can get up every day and there are some days like so that I don't see my family. Like I get up, I'm gone before they're up. And I, I know you said today is one of those long days for so you. So it's, um, you know, it's but what drives me and what they understand is that, you know, we're on a mission and this is not just my mission. Like this is their mission too. Like we want to be a positive change in the community. That's mm -hmm. awesome. So. Well, this has been great having you out today and hey, just just awesome me. to get to know more about you and what you're doing and what you're planning on doing. And, you know, uh, there, there's another secret fact about Aaron here that, that he loves okay. bluegrass music. Oh, I do love bluegrass music. And I would have never guessed in a thousand uh, so years. So I love music. Just right, 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 right. Like, uh, so I, one of my outlets so that um, I have a way to – uh, just kind of decompress sure. from family and from work and life is I go listen to live music every week. And uh, it's usually, you'll find me on a Wednesday night at Broadway Oyster Bar listening to the Oh, yeah, that's a, that, that's a cool little place, yeah. though. Yeah, and so I go there, and um, I it's just my way to just, it's kind of like a great little break in the middle of the week for me. Uh, and Kind of re restart your week. Yeah. And I found that um, when I started doing that, I was became a much happier person. Like my stress levels dropped down because you know there's another fact that you. It's not that I love bluegrass music; it's I love to dance to bluegrass music. Ah, so, now do you have the boots and all that too? No, no, that's country. I thought I thought bluegrass, bluegrass had like those lace-up boots they wear. And... Yeah, bluegrass <laughs> is a uh, bluegrass is kind of like one of those. Uh, those types of music that brings together different cultures. So oh, like, yeah. I get people from country, from rock, from uh, uh, some other uh, event. I mean, so, like, they're not dressed like you're at a country concert. Right, right. It's more jam bands. I mean, it's, uh, yeah, so I, I like to dance. Well, this I, has been I'm a... I'm not afraid to admit it. This has been a great show today. And uh, before we get off here, we... Uh, we have a little tradition here, so you grab your microphone. Okay. And we just kind of, we just kind of slide off. So that we just disappear. We just disappear. Chris Lay came up with this. 